welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we continue our journey exploring the filmography of Bollywood's most enduring star, Amitabh Bachchan, with three films from the early 80s. First up, Bachchan plays a taxi driver and devoted brother in Ravi Tandon's Kadar from 1982. Then Bachchan play is a petty criminal who lost his faith in 1983's Gnostic, directed by Pramod Chakravorty. Finally, Bakchan is a police officer turned political pawn in Rama Rao Tatineni's 1984 thriller, In Before we begin, we'd like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis peoples. Matt, it's March. We're recording this on March 1st. We're almost at year one of pandemic. <laughs> yes, we are almost at a year of being in this pandemic. Uh, the thirteenth. That's when it popped off for me. Yeah, yeah, that's about that's about right. Yeah. So, yeah. two weeks from now, we're going to be exactly there. Yeah, but you know, well, that's been. No, I got nothing here. <laughs> um, yeah, moving along. <laughs> moving along. Um, this is. Probably your, I think this is your favorite series that we do. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, the movies are getting longer and they're getting very similar. <laughs> but uh, that is often more to do with what is available. Yeah. So this is a series where we watch a film from Amitabh Bachchan's filmography. Uh, and we're going Once per year, year by yeah. year. So we One pick, movie per year. Exactly. We pick one movie per year. Uh, and we are slowly getting to... The movies that will have come out when we've been alive. Yeah, that'll be next time. <laughs> we were both born in 1986, so we're still at, like pre-Matt and Aaron Bakchan. <laughs> yeah, and for those of you just joining us, we were not able to do 1969's Sad Hindustani because we have found it a few times. It's on YouTube, and I think it's on Z, but we don't have subtitles. Yes, yes. So uh, this always ends up being kind of an interesting series because... Choosing the films, some years there are plenty available, mm-hmm. uh, and some years we are really grateful we find one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're not attempting necessarily... Shimaru's YouTube has been really useful. Yeah, yeah. We're not attempting necessarily to always watch Bakchan's greatest hits, but That's just... why we didn't do Cooley. <laughs> That's not entirely why we didn't do Cooley. Uh, but just again, like a film from each year that he has been... Uh, appearing in Bollywood movies. And I think also by not necessarily cherry-picking... I don't know, the selection process, by not necessarily cherry-picking the biggest ones, by just kind of starting at, okay, what's actually available to us? He's usually got four or five (laughs) a year, so we have a little bit of choice. Yeah, I think that just kind of... It makes for an interesting journey, and I think sometimes we find the films are all really similar, and sometimes like they're very time. different. This time, they're all very similar. This time and last time, they've been pretty similar. So I don't know if, as we continue this series, we need to start... I don't know. Again, not cherry-picking, but trying to mix up the genres. Maybe. I mean, yeah, it's just feast or famine, though. Yeah, it's also just like... This is what was popular at the time. This is what he was doing at the time. So there's also that aspect to it. And were these movies well taken care of? Are the yeah. the prints available? I gotta yeah. say, Prime, they look great on Prime. Uh, some, Much better than Netflix, actually. Sometimes. We can't be sure of the length, because uh, that's always an issue with Prime. But they do look pretty great. Sometimes they look really good on Prime. 
Uh, and also, I, you know, kind of speaking about kind of some of the biggest hits that we haven't gotten to, we did recently sign up for Z Cinema, sort of Z5, I think it is. Yeah, that's now available in Canada, I think. Yeah, I think it's been available for a while. It just hasn't really been on our radar. But we signed up for it for a film that we're going to be discussing in our next episode that I, I won't reveal yet. Uh, but I have I have great news in that some of the movies that we have tried, been trying to get access to for years are available with English subtitles. Now, not all the movies have English subtitles. We yeah, that's found, also kind of annoying on Z. Uh, we found Saat Hindustani there. Uh, but it doesn't have subtitles, but Mr. India does. Yeah, that's and I, exciting. And I believe oh, I can't remember if it's Dwar or Zangir, but one of the I big think it was Dwar. Yeah, one of the big Bakshan films we've never been able to see. It's there with subs. The so. birth of the angry young man, who by this point is now an angry forty-two-year-old man. Yeah, so, he never stopped being angry. <laughs> I, I guess this is all to say that just because we pick these movies doesn't mean we will never return to discussing other films that Bakchan released within one of these years. Or Mr. India, so that's Anil Kapoor. Yeah, that's Anil Kapoor, but yeah. we've been trying to get our hands on Mr. India for years. So, And yes, unfortunately, uh, we told Austin Birdie that we'd be discussing Cooley, and we can't find it anywhere. I, I thought for sure it was available somewhere. There's something messed up with the metadata because... Uh, it comes up as the... Because on Z, I think it it comes up as the uh, no, it's not on Z. One. When you look on it at on oh, Just Watch, which yeah, is just one watch. of the tools that we use to try and figure out where films are available, it says it's available on Hotstar. It specifically says like that the Bakchan one is, but when you go to Hotstar, it's like a Malayalam film from the same year. Yeah, <laughs> that has that, that's just totally different. And wouldn't you? Well, it's probably the one that Coolie Number One is based on, right? Because Coolie Number One was based on a South film i think that came out the same year as cooley yeah because cooley number one is like 10 years later yeah right like it could happen yeah i don't know yeah go moving along <laughs> uh, but before we get to all of this that's uh all of our rambling about this series that we're doing i'm sure it was fascinating uh, I have a message from one of our listeners that I'm very excited to read to you. Yeah, you haven't told me anything about this. You just said, i got to read it on air because I need your reaction. So I'm ready to do something funny. Yeah, so Rajat Dixit has gotten in touch. Uh, he listened to our last uh, our last regular episode, although maybe presumably he listened to our last episode, which was a supplemental that you did an interview with Brian Collins about the book Bollywood Horrors. He better listen to that one. <laughs> but before that... I had to read a whole book for that. Before that, uh, we put out a Valentine's Day episode where we were discussing the films of Imran Khan. And Rajat Dixit wants us to know that the director of I Hate Love Stories thought this spelling would be cool and hip. Mm. Well, guess what, Mr. Director? You're wrong. As the arbiter of what is cool and hip, do what's really cool? Proper spelling. <laughs> Rajat continues, in his own words, it has a neat kind of lingo. Oh, cool. Oh, great. Rajat says he remembers... Who, who am I to argue with that? <laughs> he remembers watching the making of the movie 11 years ago and went back and rewatched it on YouTube. <laughs> also, the movie came... He did more research than we did. <laughs> that... Maybe. <laughs> also, the movie came out when Qwerty, Qwerty, Q W E R T Y, Qwerty, Qwerty, keyboards, keyboards. Yeah, were not common in 
in mobile phones, so people would use short forms for words. Sure, so yeah, yeah. I guess it was not numerology. The director just thought it had yeah, a it, neat it, and it cool, cool flavor, and also he blamed it on cell phones. <laughs> sure, yeah, I remember it was like the the nine ABC, yeah, yeah, that thing. I don't know. I I think you could sp- still spell it out. Like spell check existed in <laughs> 2010 or whenever that movie came out. Uh, sure. Uh, we also want to say thank it you. is unique. I'll say that much. It it is a title that I will always remember, but mostly because it annoys me. I think. Uh, we also want to thank Rajat because he has sent us uh, a number of episode ideas that he would like to hear. So we'll get cracking uh, on those right away. <laughs> we really appreciate that. Are We're they gonna... all about spelling? <laughs> no, oh, okay. no, I don't think any of them are about spelling. Oh, okay. Uh, but we really no spelling bee movies. <laughs> We really appreciate that kind of feedback when uh, when listeners let us know the kind the kinds of episodes we're interested in. So because we don't know anything about anything, so <laughs> we it's will. It's good for us. It, it, if someone else could watch all the special features of movies and just give us like a quick praise, that would be really useful. Can Can you just say thank you for yes, him taking you. the time to make like ten episode suggestions? Well, I didn't know there was that many. Thank you. Yes, that's we, a whole that's a whole like quarter of a year's worth. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna take a look at them and see which ones interest us and which ones uh, that we can. Yeah, because again, this whole question of film number one is spelling, and then number two is <laughs> this whole question of film accessibility uh, is like a, a huge thing for us on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of does sometimes dictate. It's a privileged thing. Do. I mean, if we spoke. Uh, Hindi, we could watch Sad Hindustani now. It's just we don't that we don't. Yeah, and we're also always trying to promote, you know, films that that, that Other people, people have watch, access yeah. to. You know, yeah. like, you know. You anyways. might need a VPN, but uh, if you could figure out how to get like <laughs> Canadian Netflix or whatever or whatever we're using, you could probably watch most of the stuff we do. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so um, that's been enough rambling from us. Now some more rambling about <laughs> Amitabh Bachchan. Yeah. What did you think of these three movies? Because, again, he's 42 years old, 43, 44 by the end of this uh, set. And they he's still playing a 20-year-old, basically. These, these three didn't feel as big, I think, as our previous three. Sean was like a big Sean sort of... Sean was big. It was a Bond film. It was like made by the guys who did Cholet. Mm-hmm. These were... These feel a bit cheaper than mm-hmm. the last three. Although Inkolab had some pretty big scale moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so like, I I mean, I do think that, especially with Gnostic and Kadar, there's a significant overlap in terms of kind of themes and character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Inkolab sticks out a bit more. Though they all kind would of... that every movie ended like Inquilab, huh? I mean, <laughs> yeah. that would certainly spice up <laughs> various films. Yeah, they, I, I can't wait to talk about that. They all go to interesting places, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like I enjoyed all three of them. I, I, I've enjoyed this series in general, uh, but it is kind of interesting just to see through the lens of Bakjan, just kind of. Have like just things shift and change and sexual assault in every one of these movies. Yeah, things are getting rougher. Yeah, these felt like in Kolob gets rather political, but I don't feel like these films have the same kind of socialist tendencies as we've seen with some of the previous stuff. Like Kala Patar or something. Yeah. No. So. Yeah, I don't know. Again, like this. 
this experiment, you know, we're always aware of that there's other stuff released within the year that we didn't see. And because we're just kind of picking, you know, throwing all the films in a bag and pulling out like, well, this well, one's on ones Netflix. Well, that we can actually watch. This yeah. one's on Amazon Prime. Uh, you know, on one hand, I think the randomness of it uh, leads to kind of maybe some interesting discoveries or finding interesting connections because it's not as curated. But also, you know, I think we're also kind of aware that like we we didn't see Cooley, which is probably the biggest film from this period. It's certainly the one that put him into mortal peril and, mm-hmm. you know, paralyzed the whole country. I thought that these movies are him going back to the well of Angry Young Man, which he started 10 years earlier. Mm-hmm. And... Kind of coasting. Mm-hmm. I don't think he really needs to try that hard. He's done this sort of character so many times that he could do it in his sleep. Mm-hmm. In Kulab, again, we'll get to it. It's a bit different. It's, But like he was also playing older characters in movies in the 70s. I think he's specifically, well, Silsil is 81, I think. And he plays all the way up to like a 56-year-old mm-hmm. guy in that one. Cabby Cabby as well. Cabby Cabby, he's an older poet. Mm-hmm. So like him being like an elder statesman in... Uh, Inquilab that kind yeah. of implies that um, like he's done it before he's just getting physically older but like um, <laughs> like Matthew McConaughey says uh, like okay. I keep getting older but the movies they want me the same age <laughs> yeah I mean here the all three of these are like feel very much like action mode yeah a little bit more political thriller in Inquilab but like mm-hmm. it's not it's not deep yeah they're great, though. I mean, I, I enjoy all these movies, but really, they get an extra star just because it, like, out of five, because it features Amitabh Bachchan. <laughs> like, yeah. a Kudar, I'm going to have trouble distinguishing Kudar and Gnostic, I think. Yeah. Because a lot of similar stuff happens in them, and we watched them, like, two weeks ago, but... Um, back to back. Back to back. But, like, they would be kind of nothing movies if it wasn't for having the most famous actor in the world at the time. Yeah. Because he has to have been, right? Like, 84, it's before the cons show up. And, like, who would have been the most famous Hollywood actor in 84? Like, Burt Reynolds, maybe? In 84? Gene Hackman? Because um, Cruz is just Harrison starting. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford is coming off of uh, Return of the Jedi in 83. Mm-hmm. And Blade Runner's around then, too. Indiana. Well, I mean, Blade Runner was not a success when yeah, it Indiana came Jones is coming. I think Raiders was eighty one. I think. Yeah. So yeah, he's pretty big, but like, I mean, this Nicholson? is. Pro- yeah, maybe this has to be Amitabh's. Like, he's the guy. Yeah. For the whole planet. Yeah, I mean, all three of these films are just like structured around his persona. And he's making like five a year. So <laughs> yeah. if you're thinking about who is getting watched. By the most people across the whole world, it's got to be Bachan at this point. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some Chinese person I'm not thinking of. Maybe Jackie Chan would just be starting around now. Maybe Samuel Hung as well. Mm-hmm. But like, this is kind of he's in the pocket, <laughs> yeah. Right, and some bigger stars are going to come up soon. Tom Cruise for one, the cons in about ten years. But like, this is his time to shine. Mm-hmm. It's it's on me top time. <laughs> okay. Uh, so speaking of Cooley, our first film, Kadar, which means self-respecting. 
It's nice. It's what you want. Uh, came, it's, good. it's a good message. It came out the week that he was injured on the set of Cooley. And yeah. I have to assume that that kind of bolstered uh, ticket sales. Like it must have. And, and it was the fourth highest grossing film of 1982 mm-hmm. in India or in Bollywood. I didn't actually check that stat. I just took it at face value. Uh, it's directed by Ravi Tandon and it stars Amitabh Bachchan, Sanjeev Kumar, Vinod Mera, Parveen Bobby, Tanuja, and Bindia Goswami. Uh, the plot of this is fairly straightforward. I mean, I think the plot of all these movies are kind of fairly straightforward, but then they all take like insane tangents and stuff that happens, mm-hmm. uh, which is just kind of what happens when you have these movies at these runtimes. Well, it's like a well-meaning, but kind of maybe not the most, <laughs> he's street smart, but maybe not the most savvy person yeah. who gets taken advantage of by corrupt systems. Yeah. So Bakjan and his brother, though not played by Bakjan at first because they are children, mm-hmm. uh, they have an older brother who takes care of them and they love Their him. parents are dead. Yeah. We don't We don't really under, know what, like their parents are not in the picture. We don't know much about them. There's a lot of dead parents in all three of these movies. So again, it's going to be tough for me to remember. Yeah. Yeah. So he's always an orphan. He's India's son. He's not. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, that's he, a good point. He doesn't. He doesn't typically have strong uh, uh, parental figures. He gets like he do, he gets adopted basically by people over these three movies. Yeah, but like he's always coming from being an orphan or like his parents left See, him somewhere. Again, that's what's so fascinating. I think about this experiment that even though we were kind of picking three films at random. There's so much, many similarities and links across these three. I mean, we could have a whole podcast just doing Amitabh Bachchan yes, movies. I know. Right? Like he's, he's such an institution that you could chart the, you could chart all kinds of things against. I'm that. just saying, like he's releasing like what five movies a year. We're just picking them at random, and the fact that there are so many similarities across mm-hmm. these, I just think is interesting. The system works. Okay, so uh, he and his brother, they love their older brother. Their older brother takes care of them. Uh, however, once he gets married, their sister-in-law does not like them. And when their brother is like away... He off, goes to law school. Yeah, he goes to law school. And she is supposed to take care of them. But she's mean and they run away. After beating up some kids. <laughs> yes. Uh, eventually, they end up kind of getting taken in by a man who has a, a daughter and a son. He's a Muslim guy. Uh, and then who the helps film... The, he, they're getting chased by... Some guys who wanted to make them like beggars, like slaves, yeah, basically. Exactly. And they get away from them. They go to the city and they, in one day, like all of their clothes <laughs> are wrecked and yeah. they're starving. So yeah. it's pretty rough for them. Film then flashes forward several years and Amitabh Bachchan is being played by Amitabh Bachchan. Hey! He is an adult man. That's, it's me with Leo in uh, Once Upon a Time on Hollywood. Like, hey! <laughs> pointing, hey! It's, it's Amitabh Bachchan. Exactly. He's, he's in the movie now. Uh, he is a taxi driver who is absolutely devoted to his younger brother. And so he works... And so, his cap. Yeah, and he's his, got two loves in his and life. And his taxi cab, Basanti, who is essentially the Herbie the love bug of this movie. Yeah, she can fly. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, you get to that. Um, uh, he's absolutely devoted to his brother, and so he works so that his brother can go to school and have his hands a better look life. like this. You can't see this, so his brother's hands can look like this. Yeah, uh, his brother hands are holding a pen, I guess, and he's holding a driving wheel. Uh, Steering wheel, that's what those are called. 
His love interest is played by Parveen Bobby, who is kind of like a petty criminal who is redeemed over the course of the film. She had a liquor still? Am I yeah, the one? yeah. She's uh, she's like making hooch and pretends to be pregnant, pregnant yes. by like filling like a hot water bottle. I wonder if she was like liquor. transporting booze that way. Yeah, something like that. She also, yeah, she gets on the straight and narrow pretty quickly. And then just hangs around. Like, she doesn't really have any reason to be around for, like, the last hour of the movie. Meanwhile, Bakchan's brother is not as doing doing as well at school as he kind of presents himself to be. He's a liar. Uh, He's Yes, he's a liar, and he becomes a gambler. (laughs) A professional gambler. After his theater career doesn't work. (laughs) Oh, God, we have to talk about the play. Uh, And gets wrapped up in kind of petty crime. Uh, unbeknownst to Bakjan, this all comes to a head uh, in like a third act reveal that it's going to be a courtroom drama. Yeah. And Bakjan is on trial for murder. And guess who the judge is? Guess who the judge is? It's, Not a huge surprise. It's their older brother that they are that you know that they are estranged from. Uh, and so this film is like very much about and and we we'll see that again with Gnostic. Um, we saw it with Amar Akbar. Drama. <laughs> yeah, and we saw it with Amar Akbar Anthony as well. Uh, the, there is a theme throughout films of this period of about kind of reconnecting the family. Yeah, uh, I sometimes talk about kind of the era of screwball romantic comedies, kind of like what Howard Hawks was doing, and that it's all about getting the couple back together. That the romantic comedy was kind of uh, you would start like with the Philadelphia Story, which is not Hawks, but his Girl Friday, which is, you would start with, like, the couple had been together in the past, but now they are broken up, but they're clearly meant for each other. So the whole film is a process of trying to reconcile that and get them back together. As my These... as my Marxist film prof would say, the, you know, the aim of this film is the reconnecting of the heterosexual yeah. love pair. Yeah, I think there is certainly a thematic trend in... Bollywood movies of the 70s and 80s about getting the family unit back together. The family unit And has... the country as a whole, because often they the... represent different parts of it. Exactly. Exactly. The, the family is a microcosm for the country as a whole and trying to reunite it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And also, bitchy stepmother. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So, Kandar. What do you have to say about Kandar, Matt? Uh, okay. So, the... Something that I liked in this one was Bachan got a lot of room for physical comedy. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, like, he doesn't do it that often. Usually there's some dopey kind of side guy. In this one, it's a guy who sells bananas and then he gets rich and then <laughs> something happens and he's like a garbage man. And we're supposed to care about the rise and fall of this guy, and I didn't. So this is one of the ones where the anytime the comic character was on, I didn't give a shit. But Bachan got some fun material to do when he goes to his uh, brother's school and watches a play. <laughs> yeah, and, and he first has to get like a suit tailored to fit him so yeah. that he like fits in. Yeah, that was funny. And it's like bright red. It's bright red. It uh, looks great. He also is too tall to sit in the chairs. <laughs> yeah. So he gets like an assigned seat and he doesn't fit. So then he moves and gets into an aisle seat and he kind of fit. Then he doesn't speak English, so he keeps asking, oh, well, he sits down next to a white lady, and then the white lady's like, uh, do you know where something something is? And he's like, yes, yes, 
just laughing and kind of nodding. That's good. Like, yeah. I, and then once, and then he just laughs at lines in the play because he assumes they're all supposed to be funny. Because yeah, because the, the, pl- well, the play is in English. Yeah, and then and it's then like, like someone says a serious thing. line and he starts laughing and he's the only one. And then yeah, his brother is bombing up there and some people try to attack him in the world of the play. And Bachan freaks out and then punches everybody and knocks the stage over. Ah, uh, this is funny. Yeah, it's he's a, actually a he's very, like the fish out of water kind of thing. Well, like he's so tall and his yeah. he never does any sort of physical comedy like that. Like, do you he remember does that th- kind of stuff in Amarok for Anthony? I think. But like, do you remember that Simpsons episode where the very tall man is in a like in a VW Bug? Oh yeah. And like the like he says like you know why. Why are you laughing? Is it funny that I was only able to afford this small car? <laughs> he should do more stuff like this. He's he's got such long legs, like just more with his stature. Yeah, more jokes about him being a tall man. Yeah, that, there's untapped wells of comedy there. So okay. I thought that was funny. Okay. Uh, Parvi and Bobby's character. If people know more Amitabh Bachchan movies that make fun of him for being tall, not let make us fun know. of him. It's like a Jock Tati sort of like. Okay, more tall man comedy. He's like just kind of. A fish out of water in the sense that he's not an educated guy. Yeah. And he's visiting this place where he's trying to act fancy. And then also a variety of like physical problems get in his way. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Parveen Bobby's character, she she's mad that he's busted up her racket. So she hires a guy to try to kill him. And the guy's like, yeah, I'll kill him after I rape you. And like that comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it's it's... That happens in all three of these movies, like sexual assault against the main female heroine, I think. It's not even like some side girl either. So that was that was weird, and it's it's trending towards that. And uh, I like all the synths. There's more synth score in all three of these. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Uh, okay, let's talk about Basanti and the best part of the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, so Basanti is Amitabh Bachchan's cab. Probably a shout out to Shole, I'm guessing. Oh, I'm I'm sure. And, and and so I guess, like, there's two things to discuss about with Basanti. One, Basanti won't start if the passenger is, like... A criminal. T- a criminal, like, doing if, something dubious. If they're smuggling something, regardless of who they are, the car can tell. Yeah. It, it's, so the car has, It's like, like a lie detector. Yeah, the car has ethics. The car just won't start, and it's embarrassing for Bachan every time. And he's just like, oh, wait a minute, my magic car could tell you're lying. And then there is a song sequence where Bach John sits on top of the car and it flies around Mumbai. With and he, about as good of 80s graphics depicting yeah, this as you can imagine. Uh, and he is singing, but the car also sings. Yeah, the car honks its horn and kind of like opens its uh, its hood. This is yeah. great. I don't know why there wasn't like three more Basanti the talking <laughs> car movies. I'd have watched them. He doesn't even need to be in the ones after the first one. It would just be like, oh, when my my old boss, Amitad Bachan, used to say, and then like it would have an adventure. Mm-hmm. That would have been good. It's fun, too, because like, I just finished reading uh, Deshoom, which uh, to a certain extent is a... The novelization of the Varun Dawan no. John Abraham film? No. I didn't it's... even realize that was based on a book. That's interesting. <laughs> no. Uh, it's a it's a cookbook um, oh. from the restaurant in the United Kingdom. Yeah, I'm um, just joking. I knew that. I thought it looked like a very fancy restaurant. <laughs> but it's part cookbook and part like tour of Bombay. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and so it kind of takes you through a day's tour of Bombay and like tells you all the shops you should go to and things you should eat and tells you about the history of it's Bombay. It's very specific about Bombay too. It's not saying Mumbai. It it's is like, very specific about Bombay. It's like old school. Yeah. Uh, it's a great read. Highly recommend it. Uh, but they, they, they talk about like the taxi cabs and just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, like the yellow taxi cabs and, and, and the different colors of cabs and the looks of them. And so I really liked that aspect of, I, I don't know, like Basanti just like, yeah, she felt like a character, you know, in the city. Uh, well, they do kind of like drop Basanti as the film goes on though. Like she's... Because when it becomes a courtroom drama. <laughs> when it becomes a courtroom They don't drama. really get her on the she's stand to... less involved. Actually... She is yellow, right? I'm not... I th- yellow that? and green, I think. Yeah. Um, the fact that she can literally tell when people are lying, that would actually be very useful in a courtroom sense. <laughs> and they probably should have brought her on as a witness that also other witnesses could sit in. That would have been really good. I don't know why they didn't do that. Um, <laughs> that's genius. That's another thing that could happen. That's what they're going to do in the sequel, okay? Well, that's what that's what they could do in, yeah, those Basanti spinoff movies. Like, she's a lawyer now. Um, I've never seen a Herbie the Love Bug movie. They're okay. But does this make Amitabh Bachchan the Lindsay Lohan of Bollywood? In a sense. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And no one remembers who was in the, the 60s Love Bug ones. I don't no, think I don't, I don't think Kurt Russell was in any of those, but it was that kind of era. Um, but, shit, what was I saying? <laughs> that was a good tangent. Thank you. Um, why didn't they use her at the trial? Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I'm lost. That that dumbfounded me. Um, the idea that we talk about is the Lindsay Lohan of Bollywood. No, my idea that they should have brought Basanti into the courtroom because, like, she is a magic car who could tell when people are lying. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, this is this is one of those movies where Bachan is like. Again, he's an uneducated guy, and he's so proud of his brother. Yeah, and he can't think that he's going to do anything wrong. And when they eventually find. No shit, that's Gnostic when he finds his mother. Mm-hmm. But they find some... Oh, it's it's the brother. When he finds yeah. out that his, when his brother's a fancy judge in town, he's like, I can't, I can't tell him I'm his brother mm-hmm. now, otherwise it won't mean anything. I have to make something of myself, and my brother has to and he invites, not be a scofflaw. Yeah, and he so he becomes like the, his brother's best friend, and he helps him out all the time, but he just won't say it. Yeah. And it's, that, it's sort of a stupid contrivance you get in these sort of movies. And he invites him to the youngest brother's wedding, but like doesn't tell him, yeah. and then like has... His brother and, and his sister-in-law like take blessings. Yeah. And, I know why they do and this. He's, and he's just like, oh, I guess like the <laughs> I, people really respect me. Hey? The, these people I just met and they all seem to like me for some reason. Uh, I know why they do this. It's like a dramatic contrivance, but like it is so frustrating. Yeah. Let's talk a bit about um, some of the songs. So we talked about Bakhtan flying on top of Basanti. Uh, there's kind of other two songs that really stick out to me. One is this kind of like um, this song where he's trying to kind of suck up, um, make things up to Parveen Bobby. Uh, As he would. Which kind of feels like him doing another My Name is Anthony Gonzalez type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Parveen Bobby is Christian, so it's like a big Catholic festival. Yeah, I think it's implied she's from Goa. She's got like yeah. a D'Souza or something. Yeah, and that's, I think, like a fun number. Uh, and then there's a great number that he's not really involved with. It's more his younger brother called Disco 82. <laughs> yes, Disco 82. So this takes place... And that's an earworm. That gets stuck in your Disco head. Disco 82. 
this is when his brother has become like a full-on gangster. Yeah. And it's just hanging out at clubs all the time. And the kind of like the the honey trap that they've sent for his youngest brother. Like, she's got an incredible like sequin number thing going on there. Yeah, but, but like, like fur in sequins. This. Uh, this club would have to change its name every year, right? Like, you're not going to go to Disco 82 in 83. You want to go to Disco 83. And this comes back around by Inquilla. This will come back around, yeah. It's Disco very important 80, that we, Disco like, 84. lay the seeds here. Which makes me think that Disco 82 must have been a hit. Yeah. So otherwise they wouldn't have referenced it again. Well, this, this film did really well. Yeah. I remember the thing I was thinking of. That movie we watched for the countdown of last year where What's-His-Nut was a cab driver. Oh, what was it? Cali Peely? Yeah, Cali Peely. Isha Qatar. Isha Qatar tries to be like this macho cab driver. This is what he's trying to do. Right. He's not succeeding at it. It feels very forced for him, but Bachan could do this in his sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was like, I think this was a fun movie. Do I think it's necessarily like a must-see among the Bachan films they've seen? Not necessarily. No, he does this man of the people stuff all the time. It's you know, he's always good. Yeah, at it. but I I I enjoyed it. I I I think I wanted more from Parveen Bobby. From what I was reading on Wikipedia, she left the set here to follow a guru. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, I mean, like she's present throughout the film, but she just isn't. She doesn't do much. She does. Yeah, I don't feel like she's giving as much as I think we've seen in previous performances from her. So I was like, she's fine, but I just don't think she's uh, anywhere near as good as we've seen her in other films. This is also the year of Namak Halal, I think. 82? It's around then. Mm. She was also in that. She actually did a lot in that movie. So maybe she felt, yeah, I could slack off on this one. Uh, yes, this is the same year as Namak Halal, which we've we've already discussed yes and yeah she's incredible in that yeah she's yeah. doing kind of spy stuff and singing so again i'm not, I'm not she's got to, tired out i'm not trying to say anything negative about her i just like i was excited to see her and then i just kind of didn't feel like i don't know the film was giving her as much to do but that might be because she wasn't there yeah that one number where and i don't even remember what set it up like why he was like trying to like make things up to her what did what had I don't remember what he was had done to apologize or if he'd even done anything or if it was just like we need a goofy romantic song here? Yeah, she might have just got mad at him for some reason. Yeah. There is there's some fisticuffs and some violence. She might have got mad about that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That was a good song. Yeah. Was, we could put a link to it, you can watch it. It was yeah. fun. Uh okay, is it interval? I think it's interval time. Sure. Uh for interval speaking of disco eighty two. <laughs> What if I told you that in 84, <laughs> Disco came back? <laughs> and Disco was on the way out in the States by this time, too, which is interesting. Disco never dies. Disco man. never died in, the, in, never uh, in India, which is one of the things I like about it. Yeah. But anyway, here's Disco 84 from Inquilob. <laughs> Hi, my name is Kyle. I'm Dave. And I'm the machine. And we do a podcast called Kyle and Dave versus the machine. 
It's a podcast where a sentient machine is forcing us to watch movies in order to prevent it from initiating the apocalypse. Although, Dave, you and I tend to talk about the ideas of the movie rather than the movie itself. Well, it's the machine's fault, like everything, and then by effect your fault, Kyle, that you've invited me, and this is the only thing I like to talk about. I mean, I'm not going to face the apocalypse alone, so you seem like a good patsy to bring along with me. If you wanted somebody that was going to give you some hope, you picked the wrong person. Kyle and Dave vs. the Machine is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network locally grown, community supported. New episodes are out every Friday. Hello, I'm Elizabeth Bonkink. I'm Andrew Paul. And we're the hosts of the Well Endowed Podcast. The Well Endowed Podcast is produced by Edmonton Community Foundation, or ECF as we call it. ECF provides grants to charities through the endowment funds we create and manage with our donors. Hence the title of our show, The Well Endowed Podcast. Every month, we bring you a collection of stories and interviews with fascinating guests who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. Through these stories, we look at the space where endowments intersect with your communities. So if you're interested in the people and issues impacting your community, check out thewellendowedpodcast.com. So that was Disco 84 from Inquilab. Disco. Disco. Um, before disco. we get to Disco 84. We uh, to Disco 83. We have to talk about Disco 83. The secret Disco there, 83. There is no Disco 83, sadly. Yeah. It's a lot of religious violence. <laughs> yeah. Matt, do you want to tell us about Gnostic? Sure. So this means The Atheist. It came out in 83. directed by Pramod Chakravorty. Features Amitabh Bachchan, Hima Malini is the girl this time, mm-hmm. uh, Raju Shrestha, and Amjad Khan, who has put on a lot of weight since uh, um, Shole. Like, he's a big beefy dude now. Just a note about Raju Shrestha. Uh, he is a child actor, and so here he's playing young Bachchan. He did it in Kudar, too. he was also playing young Bachchan in Kudar. He's like a pretty good look. And I feel like... If you can play young Amitabh Bachchan in the 70s and 80s, like... You're guaranteed you're, a you're, lot of work. You, you got work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so in this But I guess one, he won a, a National Film Award. Uh, for Best Child? As a child. Oh, okay. That would be an interesting documentary of just following, like, the child actors who were playing kid versions of adults that we liked. Yeah. Like the kids in Stand By Me or something. No, mm-hmm. they, they are all kids in that. But uh, what's the one? When were his girls? Now and then. Now and then. Like that movie. <laughs> Thora Birch. Thora Birch, yeah. She went on to do some stuff. So, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But she disappeared from the industry. Uh, so, Gnostic, in this movie, Amitabh Bachchan, well, okay, Raju first, is a child whose father owns a kind of uh, church, basically. Spiritual retreat. And um, a child landlord who grows up to be Amjad Khan. I think his name is Tiger, right? The Tiger? Yeah. yeah. There's also a guy in Inquilab named Tiger, too. Mm-hmm. Tiger's a good villain name. Uh, this child landlord is mad at the church for not paying him enough rent, I guess. So he goes with some bandits to mess with the church. And they end up killing uh, Bachan's dad, who's the main priest. And they set the church on fire, and um, Bachan's mother and sister, the mother's definitely blinded, and then we don't know what happens, but we do find out what happens later. They, they come back. Because, um, again, it's all about, like, 
bringing the family unit back together. Yeah. Uh, Bachan, well, Raju, uh, stabs child landlord in the eyeball <laughs> and yanks it out, which is a pretty hardcore scene for like the first 10 minutes of a movie. Mm-hmm. And then rides away on a horse and joins kind of the underworld of a city. Mm-hmm. Right? I love the transition here from uh, Raju to Amitabh Bachan. And then he's just like joyfully like running on top of a train. It's like, hey, you, yeah, you think he would have learned after a movie where he would, was working on a train and then it horribly injured <laughs> himself? But I guess it wasn't really the train's fault in Cooley. Uh, what is his job in this? He's, he's a criminal. He's just a he's just a crime. He's just guy. a petty thief. Yeah, and he. Oh and man, interestingly, I, here like is Hema Hema Molini like she's more of his kind of like equal than I think a love interest. Yeah, this like, reminded me of Sean I, a there lot. There wasn't really, like, a love story with him and Hema Malini. She's just, like, she's also she's a grifter. She's just around. Yeah. yeah, she's just a grifter with a dog. Yeah. Yes, the dog who can preternaturally find... Oh, right, there's the eyeballs thing. Okay, I, I'm remembering now, because these movies do tend to run together. So, it's we'll sort of, of it. like... We'll cut some of this out. No, that's no, fine. <laughs> it's sort of like Sean, where they're, like, running schemes and grifts. Yes. Uh, eventually, Hema Malini gets her dog gets a case of eyeballs <laughs> that is being uh, shipped by Amjad Khan, who is using his physical deformity as a way to move diamonds in and out of the country. Mm-hmm. And there's, a, there's this other guy, okay, the comic relief guy in this one, is a guy who's in a river, kind of like <laughs> praying to. Uh, Bhagwan, and he ends up getting this thing of diamonds, and this goes great for him. He takes it home, but his father-in-law is a cop, so he gets in trouble. And then later on, he's going to pray at like a snake shrine thing, Mm -hmm. and uh, bars of gold keep falling on his head, because Amitabh has hucked a bag full of gold bars into the tree. So this guy keeps getting like uh, the the proceeds of uh, Amitabh's schemes. Amjad Khan is kind of like a, a Sean-esque villain lair that they explore in the first part. There's yeah, also, and then it like... Yeah, this They movie never go was, back to that. This movie was so frustrating because... It has like four different movies going on. It was time. so wild at first that I think we were having so much fun with it. And I think all the stuff with like Hema Malini like going into his lair and her and the dog is all... There like, was a man-stretching machine where yeah. the guy who keeps getting the money accidentally, he's afraid that he gets put into this machine and that his arms will get stretched to like two meters long. And there's, like, a car chase in the factory, and then, like, the factory explodes. Mm-hmm. And then Bachan fights a boat that Amjad Khan is driving, piloting, I guess. But then it definitely slows down for the second part. Yeah, like, it it starts out with so much energy and just all these wild and crazy ideas, and you're really into it. And then, like, it really hits a lull midway through. And it does pick up at the end where, like, you... It's you Prawn. That's the guy. We forgot to mention this, but Pran is also in this movie. Yeah. Pran, who he's was... Balbir. Yeah, he's Balbir. Yeah. Pran, who was the head jailer and badass in Kali. And it was 80 or 81 when we watched that one. Uh, he's back in this as another sort of small-time grifter guy. Uh, him and Bachan get into a big battle with each other, then they become the best of friends. So, yeah, he does have a good sidekick, mm-hmm. much like Shashi. Yeah, so I think, like, 
you're having a lot of fun when it's those grifters, when it's like it's Bakchan, it's Pran, it's Hema Malini, mm-hmm. and, and their dog. And dog. And like that was named Raju. I don't remember the name of the dog. But that's a lot of fun. And then like it really hit a lull midway through, I think kind of when he starts to reconnect with his mother and sister. Well, he finds them and uh, Pran hits it off with his sister. Mm-hmm. And she kind of freaks out because Pran's not showing up. And she calls her brother. She wants to tie a Rocky on him, that kind of thing. And then Amitabh's like, well, what if I told you I am your brother? <laughs> And the mother can't see, but she could feel that her son is there. And then they spend a lot of time uh, trying to get someone married off, right? Yeah, they're trying to get the sister married to Pran. Yeah. And Amjad Khan... And there's like a wedding song. Yeah, this it turns into a western for the second part. So like the yeah. first part is like city grifters and like a factory that does evil shit. The second one, they go back to the village where the uh, temple was. And they're trying to have this wedding, but uh, like he's coming up with bandits, and uh, Amjad Khan's got like this big mansion, and they're all fighting. And then it ends with a big showdown at the temple, where the statue that young Amjad Khan stole, mm-hmm. and Amitabh got blamed for this. That's why he's the atheist. He, you know, he renounces God and all this stuff. They have this big battle, and like parts of the temple start calling to Bachan and helping him, like these bells. He uses them sort of like Kratos and God of War. Like he has chains on them and he can kind of throw them across and hit Amjad Khan in the face with them. And Amjad Khan then gets, ends up getting stabbed by a statue of Kali. So it's like the religious part kind of comes back in that one. But it was sort of like three movies. And yeah. the tempo was weird. Like it could have been structured differently. Yeah. Yeah. You I- could tell from our sort of belabored plot reconstruction because it is kind of a weird plot. It, I, and I think it's just like it's kind of a disconnected film. Yeah. And it's still fun. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's still fun. And I think like ultimately like the first section and I think the kind of the the last section you know like it, it's bookended very nicely but just kind of in the middle there like the, the family drama stuff, I think, starts to drag it down. Well, it's again, it's like, I can't tell that my mother, that I'm a criminal. Mm-hmm. I have to pretend to be another guy. But then she likes the other guy because he's very helpful. It's like 15 minutes of this sort of, okay, I'm your kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That sort yeah. of stuff slows down the narrative. But I, the comedy relief guy was funny in this one. Yeah, he's good. And there was enough wacky stuff happening that I was entertained throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's also all this stuff with like when he... When he's confronted with the uh, with Amjad Khan again, like Amjad Khan has a sister. Yeah, and he kind of falls for the sister. And he falls for the sister. Yeah, yeah. Because so like, I, which I I appreciated that like there's no kind of like romantic tension between him and Hema Malini. But then the same thing, the same sort of murder that he gets accused yeah. of in Kudar happens again in Gnostic. So yes. The same. That's another reason why these are mixing together in my mind. Yeah. It has the kind of same thing where like they show up at the like scene of the crime and it looks like he's, he's committed the murder. He's holding a bloody knife. Like no. It's the exact same thing again. And then they're like we're going to take you. We're going to like book you and take you in. And you, we think like oh my god it's going to have the exact same denouement. But then he kind of like runs away. He just runs away. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was smart that they kind of Anyways. This seems to be the uh, era where they were... This has been they, the tightest they, uh, description this, of a movie we've ever done, Matt. This is like the era where they're just like making the plots up as they go along. That's right? kind of what it feels like. Yeah. 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 
Uh, yeah, so yeah, it, it's interesting the ways in which this has a lot of similarities with Kadar. Uh, but like, because the way that they were making these two, like he would do like a couple days on one movie and then go to the next movie, yeah. right? So he must have gotten confused at some points <laughs> while working on these, right? Like, who I am. Because like I? the which plots are very I? similar. Am which girl I? am I romancing? Yeah, like, okay, who am I going to smooch? But like... <laughs> The plots do mix together. He must have been pretty confused. I bet if you asked him now, he probably doesn't remember what most of these movies were about. It's either he doesn't remember at all, or he would have some sort of like laser targeted exactly remembering. Like when I was when I was essaying the role of the atheist, I uh, I, I knew instinctively that his his distrust of organized religion would become an issue. Like he would know exactly, or he just doesn't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Should we move on to Inquilob? This is probably the most memorable of the movies. Yes, I think so. I don't know if it's the other two are very good and fun. The, all three of these are fun. It's just I think this has higher yeah. highs and maybe not as many lows. Mm, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, so also we watched it yesterday, so I remember it. <laughs> this is directed. Came out in 1984. It's directed by Rama Rao Tatineni. It stars Amitabh Bachchan, Sri Devi. Up till Our first young Sri Devi movie, I think. Is this the earliest film we've discussed with her? Maybe. We haven't seen Chandni or some yeah. of those really early ones. So I think this is one Mr. of... Mr. India. Yeah. Um, yeah, and this is this is earlier than... Um... English for English? Yeah, it is. No. <laughs> Lamhe. Yeah. Uh, so yes, uh, she's the love interest. Atapal Dutt... Kadar Khan, Shakti Kapoor, and Iftikhar. Uh, okay, so here, Amitabh Bachchan. This also goes back to Kelly Peely, because here Amitabh Bachchan is uh, selling like black market movie tickets. Yeah, the same reason they called <laughs> if, uh, uh, Ishan Qatar Blackie. Yeah. A completely non-problematic nickname in 2020. <laughs> He he does aspire. He's got a combo deal though. Like he's <laughs> yeah. got you could buy a bull puri and a movie ticket for two rupees. <laughs> yes, he aspires to more. And after meeting, um, well, he went to school. Like he has a university degree in politics or something. And the first part of the movie is just like we're failing our young men. They can't find mm-hmm. a job after going to university. This guy's selling. Uh, counterfeit movie tickets. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the many issues that this movie <laughs> is rebelling against. So, it means rebellion, by the way, or yes, revolution. Revolution. So he meets kind of a, a political leader who sees an opportunity to essentially use Bakchan. And Bakchan needs a job, so he gets a job as a police officer. Now, I have to say, it's strange to see Amitabh Bachchan play a police officer. I know yeah. this isn't the first time he has. He plays police officer in Zangir and The Great Gambler. And there's an, there's another film before this where he plays a police officer. But I think this is one of the only times I've seen him play a police officer. And yeah. it just feels so at odds with the persona that he's built about. Like, he's, he's anti-establishment. Mm-hmm. So, and I think ultimately, like, where this film goes, it kind of makes sense. Oh, he gets pretty anti-establishment <laughs> for, by the end. For the background persona. But this section where he's, like, a police officer, I found very disconcerting. He, Anyways. The uniform looks weird on him. And also, 
he the montage of him becoming a cop is very funny. Yeah. Because it's like 20 seconds over the course of the opening credits. Him in the background like doing like phys ed stuff. So yeah. he could be a cop. And then he rolls up to this guy's house like, hey, I'm a cop now. So while he is out policing, he meets Sri Devi. He saves her from being sexually assaulted. At a and... dance studio where the guys burst in there like, dance sexier. <laughs> We want. We came here for sexy dancing. Also, the music is on our our Walkman, so you're gonna have to listen really close to hear the sexiness. <laughs> she takes an interest in him, uh, and the two of them, you know, like uh, uh. fall over one another. Oh, we'll get to that. Okay, we'll get to that. Uh, and this draws him further into the kind of political machinations. So Sri Devi's father is also involved with this corrupt political party. It's the poor people's party. Yeah. yeah. And they start to use Bakchan as a pawn to essentially do their bidding. And he is at first unaware of all of this. Uh, and he kind of, you know, he has to go out and kind of murder this assassin guy. Well, uh, well, what they they hired this guy to start riots and yeah. things all across the country, so that it looked like the current government was failing because they're not the ones in charge. <clears throat> and they essentially manipulate Bakchan to like go out and assassinate him and to do an encounter killing. Yes. Uh, so he's getting kind of drawn more and more into this, but he doesn't realize it though. Eventually, uh, when he gets caught up in some diamond smuggling again, what it becomes... was it diamonds? Yes, it was. It is diamonds. All... No, yeah, it wasn't diamonds the first time. It was something in a briefcase mm-hmm. that he ends up handing to Shakti Kapoor. Yeah, and so this is what connects him with Shakti Kapoor because his father-in-law is like, "Oh, I can't get on this plane. I have a yeah a weak heart. Can you take this bag of something to?" Uh, Bombay for me. I think they're in Delhi. Yeah. Can you take this and not look inside because it's full of contraband shit? Yeah. Uh, Sri Devi discovers that, you know, her husband is actually not the... Because they got married. Angrier at him (laughs) than at her father, who is actually a criminal. Yeah. Her husband is not the patriot that she thought he was. And she's pregnant with his child. And when she has the baby, he is not allowed anywhere near it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bakchan continues. He he gets drawn further and further into this web of corruption. And he joins the political party. And then he gets it, kicked off the force. Yeah. And then eventually ends up running for office where he becomes chief minister. And then it gets even wilder. Like, yeah, it's just... Can we, we should probably do a spoiler zone for that part. It's... Yeah. This is, is kind of insane. Yeah. It's... It turns uh, into an Oliver Stone movie by the end. Yeah. Yeah. This movie just, like... It kept kind of amping up and things kept getting kind of, like, just, like, more and more corrupt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and surreal, too. There was some surreal, really interesting yeah. stuff. Yeah. This was, a, this was an interesting film. For sure, because and it has some, it has a really interesting visual quality at times. Well, his father-in-law and the other guy say like, "You're just caught in our maze." Mm-hmm. And then there's a really fascinating song sequence where he's wearing like a black suit, mm-hmm. regular army top, and then white suit army top shows up and he sings a song about how you're caught in this maze. And yeah, he's like singing to himself and he's on kind of like an MC Usher set. It's really yeah. cool. And he also gets stuck in a mud puddle and he's trying to get Sri Devi to pull him out. But her father and this other corrupt party boss are pulling her away. And there's sort of like oh, kind of Saul Bassey lighting and kind of spinning cameras. I'm thinking of phase four. 
but also um, uh, Itifak, mm-hmm. when you see the young guy pretending to be crazy or being crazy, whatever. That sort of impressionistic look at what it'd be like to turn crazy. It was mm-hmm. cool. We yeah. could probably link to that song. I think. Yeah, it's a really interesting it's worth song. watching even if you don't watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all this. I think all the songs in this film are, are really interesting. So there's that one. There's also this one where Sri Devi pretends she is being attacked. So she calls Amitabh Bachchan over. She pretends that there's been a murder at their house. Right. So she calls Amitabh Bachchan over to like help her. He's wearing a horrifying fit. <laughs> you can. You can see it. We'll put a. Link. It's like a lavender pants and then like top, which has like a drawstring, so it creates. It like looks like a something peplum. your grandma would have worn it's in the eighties. Not good. Uh, and so then they have this like very sexy song. She's wearing uh, a where they like suit. end up in a pool. And is it implied that she like is imagining this, or did she actually do this? She wakes up on a bed afterwards, but she might have just been tuckered out. I don't know. It was very unclear. It's unclear because. He is certainly happy to marry her afterwards, but during that song, he's all coy. Yeah. So I don't know what happened. Uh, there's another one where after they get married, where she's like showing off all her hickeys, but they also just look like bruises. So it's like... He's got a great... His his fit in this uh, one is he's wearing a shirt that says Florida on it. <laughs> and I was kind of imagining like, maybe they went to Florida for this, but it's probably Goa. Yeah, I just like... I don't know. I found that song a little uncomfortable though, because there's a way that they also just kind of look like bruises. But yeah, it, And it's yeah. like, your love has marked me. I don't know. The song is about how the poison is in them and you can't get out like... It's probably better metaphors. You could yeah, have used. Uh, and then there's the Disco eighty four song where Bakchan dresses up as an older version of himself, and it looks a lot like what Bakchan looks like now. Because he leaves the force and he figures out like, okay, they're gonna blackmail me because they yeah. got me. Taking and this it. is when he teams up with Shakti Kapoor. Oh, yeah. like, this is where the diamonds the come team in. Team up a little bit, but it's yeah. like they've got me dead to rights, giving Shakti Kapoor some, you know, tainted evidence or whatever. So if I could find him first, I can like. Have the upper hand in this scenario. So he goes to Shakti Kapoor's hotel. Mm-hmm. Just opens the door and be like, hey, you're coming with me. And then to evade the cops, they perform a small disco number. <laughs> it's great. It is very good. It's great. Yeah, it's a good number. It's really good. Yeah. I recommend it. We should probably go to the spoiler zone now. Okay. Because the ending of this movie, I gotta talk about it. Okay. Okay. Insert noise. So, Amitabh Bachchan, after becoming the chief minister of the entire country, goes to the Poor People's Caucus, like his party. There's a big uh, celebration outside. Like they, they get elected as the government of the country. He brings a briefcase in with him and then is told by the party bosses, like, okay, here's the various criminals and no good nicks that have to fill the various spots in your cabinet. He's like, oh... Our education minister doesn't know how to read, or um, our minister of law is a career criminal. This seems on. This does not seem great. I know what I'll do. I'll pull a Sten gun out of my briefcase and then murder everybody, <laughs> and it rules. Yeah, he just pulls out like this little mini machine gun, guns everyone down. Then he's arrested, and Sri Devi shows up, and she doesn't care yeah, that he's Shri killed. Yeah, Sri Devi like. Forgives him because now she sees that, like, he was he, trying to... He was a patriot after He all. was a patriot, yeah. He was trying to, like, rid the country of the corruption from within. 
and then a crowd gathers and he gives this incredible speech about revolution uh, while he's handcuffed. And it's really like it's an ending. Like mm-hmm. it's like it just it's it's very rousing. It's like something you would see from a French New Wave film or something about like the '68 uh, riots in uh, Paris. Maybe yeah. Because like the crowd is on board with having murdered everybody. I'm thinking like Pierre Lefou or something. Like everyone is fine with having all of these uh, authority figures get killed. Mm. It's probably the closest. We'll see to the ending of the first Kingsman movie mm. where, you know, this this disease of violence pops off and all the rich and famous people in the world, their heads explode. Mm-hmm. Which I still think it's a super subversive thing that no one ever talks about. Well, and up until this point, like, I really didn't understand where this was all going. It did like, not seem very revolutionary. Didn't, I didn't understand, like, what point this movie was trying to make. And then suddenly this ending just, like, hits you. And then he gives this speech and he's... You know, talking about how he's, he's presumably still the chief minister of the, yeah, of the country. He's gotten rid of the people who, you know, light your houses on fire to warm themselves and it's just to like, cook their food. It's rousing. Yeah. Yeah. So he's probably still the chief minister, even though he's in jail. Like, you don't lose that position by murdering 40 people, do you? I don't know. All I right. feel like, like, if anything, he's more popular and has more of the public's interest <laughs> now. And, like, he does a little bit of corrupt stuff, but it's never his fault. He's always portrayed as being in the right. And this leads to the hilariously over-the-top conclusion of, well, it was fine that he murdered all those people. Yeah. They were all evil. Yeah. This is... Yeah. It, it's, I... Honestly, politically, I don't know what to think of this movie, but... It, and it, we'll never see a movie like this again, because... it's a, It's a lot, yeah. But, like... Um, hiring criminals to stir up riots and things so that the political party could take control. This seems very familiar to the current party in control that, you know, Modi gets, um, you know, comes to national acclaim during the Gujarat riots Mm. and then kind of spins that into becoming the chief minister. Like, it's definitely, like, very incendiary. Mm -hmm. And It it relates very well to current politics. Mm-hmm. In a way, mm-hmm. so oh, it was fascinating. Uh, I also was wondering when the revolution was going to happen, and it ends in a really strange spot. Yeah, I think of all the films, this is the one that I would like to rewatch, both because I think there are again some interesting visual elements, and also like now knowing where the plot goes, I I would like to I'd like to revisit it. And it would be interesting to look at versus some other political rabble-rousing movies because what there was a Jai Ho one Salman Khan oh I saw that I hated that but like there's a fair amount of movies where uh, a normal man is kind of elevated to political power mm-hmm. and especially like gangster movies yeah but this is a movie where it's a cop who's the gangster basically because mm-hmm. that that's typically what you see in these sort of movies is you know a slumdog guy gets some power gets to be the Don and then his next act is to become a, a minister. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, it's implying that the police are, you know, a gang unto themselves. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was fascinating. Uh, play sound. So 
I guess like how how would we sum up about how we feel about these three films and, and this kind of era of Bakchan's career? He's making movies, these three. They're very similar to each other. Mm-hmm. The formula is strong. We've also seen Nema Kalal, which I think like is very much him in his comedy mode. Yeah, that's a lot different. Yeah. That is that sort of slapsticky stuff mm-hmm. that I liked in Kudar. These are angry young men. Grown up angry young man, maybe. Well, he's 42 by the time of Inkulab. Yeah, it is funny. We didn't really talk about Sri Devi. Oh, right. Well, she's very cute and yeah. sexy, but she's 21 years old and he's 42. Yeah. And this trend is not going to change. In fact, the age <laughs> gulf is just going to get bigger and bigger, presumably. Yeah, we did kind of laugh at first with, um, with Inquilab because, like, he's supposed to be playing a character much younger but then as the film goes on and the passage of time that when you see how much time the film covers it kind of makes sense he becomes like the assistant commissioner of the city or something so you don't do that in a couple days but like he's this is full-on star mode Mm. i think namakalal is a a much more different film from these ones these are all variations on a theme Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, angry young man maybe growing up a little, but mm-hmm. still. I wish we could have seen Cooley, but yeah, hopefully it'll someday. be available another time. Someday, I mean, I think that's probably more in the comedy vein. I'm guessing. And action. Oh, we should say like the action in this was really good as well. When he goes to kill that, um, I keep calling him an assassin, but he's not. He's, he's not a terrorist, an assassin. He's a, yeah, he's more like terrorist. Um, that action scene is fantastic. Like it's. It's darkly lit, and I don't want to say how he kills them, but it's good. But it's the sort of movie it's where... It's good, right? Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> it's the sort of movie where you know that the action scene is in a warehouse, and that there's, like, piles of things around, and you could just be guaranteed, like, oh, someone's going to throw it, get thrown into that pile. Yeah. That pile, going to get knocked I over. I still think the way that this is very that, cool. that final blow gets dealt is surprising. It's a very cool way to kill somebody. Um, yeah. And we didn't really get into the fact that he invented, like, essentially invented encounter killings right as they were being invented in real life, too. Oh, yeah, like, Class of 83. Class of 83. That's a good point. They're actually going out and doing this. So art is imitating life at this point, or maybe life is imitating art. Mm-hmm. They're getting the ideas because he's, he's essentially being told by his political masters to get rid of people, otherwise the blackmail will come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but very interesting movie. It is, yeah. It's... Like I said, it's the one I'm most likely, I think, to revisit. It's the one I'll remember the most because it had some pretty indelible images. Yeah. And that final speech. Yeah. Revolution, Matt. Revolution. Those clowns in Congress, they're not going to laugh now. (laughs) With that, uh, we're going to bring this episode to an end. We'll return to this series. We'll return next week with more Bachan films. Three more. No, we'll return another time. Uh, I promise you we won't go a year without doing another one you got really mad at me when we had a long break in between them with we were good doing reason other, we were doing other stuff people like uh, this series listeners weigh in in the comments let us know if you like these series i think they're fun <laughs> and now that we're going to be in the zone where i was alive it's going to be interesting to see what the most famous actor in the world was doing when i was drawing breath <laughs> okay matt uh what are we doing next time next time we are having a special guest on. Mm-hmm. We discussed this in our 2020 wrap-up episode. Our friend 
Amanda Mullins is going to be joining us. She is a mathematician. And so we are going to be discussing women in math. So we're going to be discussing Shakuntala Devi and Nilbati Sanata. Okay, I thought we were going to do Super 30, but no. No, we are not doing Super 30. Um, that violates our Vicus Ball rule. Well, it's it's not just that, but Nilbati Nil Sanata is a film that I have been wanting to see for a while. And also, like, it gives us the opportunity to talk about women in math as opposed sure. to a, a woman and a man. Like, we just want to talk about women in math, Matt. Not men in math. Ladies be mathing? Ladies be mathing. Sure. Uh, so we're actually going to release that a couple days early for uh, some, you know, to be thematic on the mathness. So. All right, because it's Pi Day. Ah, you ruined it. Yes, we're going to release that on Pi Day, which, if you don't know, is March 14th because Pi is 3.14. Yeah. In the meantime, how can people keep up with the show? At Bollywood Pod, at Matt underscore Bose, at Aaron E. Fraser. Those are all Twitter. Uh, Facebook.com slash Bollywoods for Lovers. Tumblr.com slash Bollywoods for Lovers. Uh, rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platform. Apple Reviews is good. Um, Spotify. Anything you want. Um, if, if we don't, it, we'll read it. We love to read the reviews. But if, we, you, if you don't hear from us in the next episode... Maybe just drop us a line and tell us where you put it, because we don't always see on some of the other agglomerators where it's shown up. And I put the show on a bunch of new ones, so uh, some new spots might be getting people. Mm -hmm. We want to say thank you to Becca Dalkey for our artwork. Uh, And if you love my banter and my inability to discuss anything. Say people's names. (laughs) Say people's names. Uh, I don't know. I'm so tired. Uh, but if you want more of this, uh, you can try my other show, Trash on the Movies, that I do with Paul Matwichuk. We just did an episode. Lena Vertmuller, right? Le- yeah, Lena Vertmuller and... Um... Whoever directed Overboard? It's Gary Marshall and oh. Gary Marshall. Uh, yeah, like rich women It was very specific. For, for low-class men, something like that. And After boats. being shipwrecked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can go listen to that if you want. I'm done. Okay, bye.